You work hard to build your business. And as a smart and savvy entrepreneur, you understand the importance of protecting your business. This podcast is brought to you in part by True Shield Insurance Incorporated, underwritten by Northbridge General Insurance Corporation. True Shield Insurance was made for you. It takes a hands-on approach and understands the startup community's culture and needs. Get coverage insurance for your startup starting at just $29 per month. Visit trueshieldinsurance.ca today and get the right insurance solution for your business needs. Welcome to Startup Newsweek, your source for news affecting entrepreneurs in Canada. My name is Matt Allen, and today is April 12, 2016. In the news this week, Entrevestor reports a 24% increase in the number of startups in Atlantic Canada since 2014, the largest spike in the IT sector. Last week, Uber rides were the hottest ticket in town. The rideshare app invited Canadians to pitch their ideas to leading investors, dragons, and entrepreneurs including Ryan Holmes, Victoria Lennox, and Stephen Partridge. New speakers have been added to the Startup Canada Day on the Hill lineup. Wattpad co-founder Alan Lau, Jonathan Ortmans, an advisor to U.S. President Barack Obama, and David Maddy of Growthwheel International will discuss the future of entrepreneurship in Canada on May 5th. To see the full lineup and get your tickets, visit startupday.ca. Startup Newsweek is brought to you by Steadfast Beta, Canada's most effective user testing platform. Use Steadfast Beta to talk with users, perform usability testing, and conveniently analyze data all in one place. What are you waiting for? Visit steadfastbeta.com today. One of the most important parts of naming your new business is finding an available website name that works. Today's episode is brought to you by .ca. Join thousands of Canadian entrepreneurs who have chosen a .ca domain name for their business. Choose your .ca domain name at cira.ca forward slash startup today. Broadcasting the voice of entrepreneurs, putting entrepreneurs first and at the center. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 2 of the Startup Canada Podcast Show. I'm your host, Rivers Corbett. The Startup Canada Podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the rallying network uniting Canada's entrepreneurship community. And on this podcast, we connect you, the idea person, the startup founder, the creative thinker with the movers and shakers of Canadian entrepreneurship. Here on the show is where we fill you in on trends and opportunities and possibilities for your next step as an entrepreneur and where we have conversations about advancing entrepreneurial growth and success in Canada. Today's episode is brought to you by Intuit QuickBooks, your partner in building a financially fit and fundable business. Get 50% off, that's right, 50% off QuickBooks online today by visiting intuit.quickbooks.ca forward slash start right. Do any of our new listeners remember to subscribe to the Startup Canada podcast in the iTunes store, then visit startupcan.ca to join the network to connect to support, mentors, training, funding, space, and to your local startup community.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, get in your seats and put your seatbelt on because Tony Lacavera is in the house. He's the founder and chairman of Global Live Holdings and the founder of Win Mobile. And not only has Tony built Canada's fourth largest phone carrier, he has also invested in some of Canada's most promising startups through his venture capital firm, Global Live Capital. As an active leader in Canada's entrepreneurship community, Tony is often a fixture at some of Toronto's hottest incubators, including Mars and 111. For this Canadian entrepreneur turned investor, it's all about the ecosystem. And today we're going to chat with Tony about the evolution of Toronto's startup scene and how his entrepreneurial endeavors have contributed to the community. Tony will also talk what it's like to transition from full-time entrepreneur to investor and talk about why supporting young entrepreneurs is such a focus on them. Tony, it's uh, it's so great to have you on the show. Thanks for coming in. Rivers, thank you for the invitation, man. I'm looking forward to the conversation. All right. Well, let's dive right into Win Mobile first of all, and and uh, you know, congratulations on your success. Obviously, it's a it's a great journey for all of us to uh, to be proud of as a Canadian, uh, and uh, you know, a, a, a beginning from the nothing to to what you did eight years <laughs> <Yeah>. later, <laughs> and, and I mean that respectfully. I, re- uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. what a crazy it, adventure it was. Yeah. Well, it is it, an adventure. I think is the is the correct way to say it. And you know, it. Uh, it, it, your exit means that you're re-entering the entrepreneurship community in a in a big way, you know. But first of all, Tony, um, have you always been an entrepreneur? Has it always been in your DNA? And 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 after you answer that question, give us a little bit of a of a of a explanation, a cloud view of your of your entrepreneurial journey to to uh, to begin to win mobile. That's uh, that's the that's the one I think I want to start with. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, I have been an entrepreneur my whole career, Rivers. I started Global Live back in 1998. I was a young, uh, young tyke out of the University of Toronto's engineering school. I graduated. Did you in just say? Did you just say tyke? Tyke. I did. <laughs> <laughs> you are the only guest I have that has ever said that word. Tyke <laughs> or or punk or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> right on. Sorry, man. I interrupted. It's kind of like yeah. that movie uh, oh, where the, the where the, um, oh Julia Roberts was in with Hugh, and he says, "Did you say Oopsie Daisy?" And so as soon as you said, and I really did. It yeah. really did happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I. I. So yeah, I got. like I. I graduated from. Uh, University of Toronto Engineering School in 97. I started this company, Global Live, in 98. And I started out as a, what was known at the time as a long distance reseller. And so this was, this was all about at the time, going back to 1998. It's hard to believe actually, but back in the days, um, uh, uh, that back in that day, there was still a really expensive uh cost to actually to to use long distance right on. and um uh i actually think that um if you can believe it back in the day there was still 50 cent you know a dollar a minute to call from toronto vancouver whatever it might be and so i started this company to be a long distance reseller uh and um and i actually started selling to hotels and hospitals initially uh um, sorry, I started selling to hospitals and, uh, and hotels initially and trying to offer them a savings in long distance. What we did was create some software that actually uh, allowed us to be competitive with the big guys. So right from the 
get-go in my career, I, uh, I started actually competing with Bell Canada nice. and, and, and Rogers and, and TELUS. Yeah. Unitel was around then, if I'm correct. Was it a company called Unitel? 100%. You might recall AT&T, actually. AT&T yep. Canada was around, which, uh, which originated as Unitel. Sprint, everyone might remember that name, yep. Sprint Canada. So all yeah. these companies were trying to you know, compete in long distance. And that's where I got my start as an entrepreneur in 1998. Very um, cool. Yeah. And, and uh, of course, that market is gone today. Mm -hmm. we're, we're having this conversation on Skype. Yeah. We're, we're not making a long distance <laughs> call. Right on. <laughs> So, <laughs> suffice to say that business uh, uh, is, has evolved <laughs> as that market has evolved. But I still own that company that I started in 1998. It was called Canopco. Um, and uh, I still own and operate that company today. So, 18 years in, um, and, and I still, still own it. And so, throughout then from 98 through to 2008, which is the date I started Win Mobile, from 98 to 2008, I really diversified in the telecommunications business. I started up a number of uh, telecommunications services providers, all really competing with incumbents. Um, I started in the teleconferencing business where that was, you know, early days of, you, you know, you dial an 800 number and enter a passcode for a conference call. I was the first in Canada to, to make, to bring that to market without needing an operator. You may remember back in the day, if you wanted to make a conference call, you press zero to get an yep. operator. Yep. Yeah, so so I brought automated conferencing to Canada. In 03, I brought um, voice over IP for business to Canada. So it was the early days. You remember Vonage in the early days, you know, 2002, 2003. I do, so, I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I was early there and uh, first, to, first to market in Canada in, in, in voice over IP. So. When I got to, uh, to 2008, when I was starting up WIND, I'd sort of already had, at that point, about a 10-year track record of uh, founding, building, financing, operating, uh, in a couple of cases, exiting. Uh, I had a couple of exits along the way there. Uh, telecommunications companies uh, in, in Canada predominantly, but we had, at that point, already started up in the U.S. as well, a couple of, uh, of telecommunications service providers. So... You know, coming into wind is when I decided to, you know, I guess stop living on on the uh, uh, the edges and dancing around the periphery of the big guys, and I decided to go right at Bell, Telus, and Rogers and disrupt, you know, the core uh, wireless oligopoly. That's a core business for them, uh, and uh, that obviously uh, kicked off a very interesting past eight years of, uh, as we said earlier, adventure. Yeah, yeah. What goes in your mind? I mean, that's a bold. That's a bold statement to take on the big guys. I mean, I admire that, and I love what's going on with fintech right now. I just, I just love it that the banks are 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 really right. starting to be disrupted. It's going to be yeah. freaking awesome to watch that journey. But what goes through your head? Do you wake up one morning and say, you know what, I gotta, I can really make something here, or was it a period of a year, two years, or what that you you you, you tried to figure this out? Because I say it's a bold yeah. freaking move to do that <laughs> yeah, and it's it great and it's great well you know as I, as, as many uh, investors i approached said you know uh like <laughs> i got a lot of no's when yeah. i approached investors that came here to start up wind and i remember one investor group and i'll, I'll they'll remain na nameless today but uh i walked into a, one of canada's largest uh, institutional investors pension funds and laid down the whole story. You know, here's the history. I'm an entrepreneur. Started from zero in '98. Built up a good, you know, uh, company. Here's where I am in 2008. I wanna, I wanna, uh, you know, take on several hundred million dollars of investment from you guys to, 
start competing head to head with Bell, Tellus, and Rogers, and they, I, 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 no word of a lie, Rivers, are you suicidal? <laughs> What's the actual yeah, feedback? Nobody are does you, that. Yeah. This is a David against Goliath uh, story. You're going to destroy the business you built. You know, why don't you go back to your little cute, you know, corner of the telecommunications market? Yeah. You're not going head to head with the big guys. So, you know, what what got me? I guess the answer to that question you just asked is I spent a long time, sort of uh, building up a track record of starting up companies, and I learned a lot along the way. I didn't have any relationships or access to capital or uh, you know special contacts in the industry when I started out. So I always say this to young entrepreneurs. You know, I didn't look. My story is one of starting out with with nothing. And, and really, truly starting from zero in terms of brand equity, track record, relationships, capital. I didn't start with anything. And it shows that, you know, if you, if you, as you, if you build a successful track record, when we got to 2008, I was able to secure the financing I needed to start Wind. Right. Uh, not because I just, you know, over that period of 2008 sort of got my act together from a business planning perspective. I, I was talking to investors about, look, here's a 10-year track record of building uh, companies uh, successfully, and I think that's that's the message for young entrepreneurs that I try to relay is that you know we're all talking about unicorns and you know amazing moonshot stories these days, and and I, I really try to bring the focus back to you know what good old fashioned you know consistent hard work actually uh, and and a track record actually is is also you know a great path to success. Well, and when you're investing in in, um, in companies now, is that a is that a constant theme or message that you you deliver to these folks when you're uh, at the beginning stages of exploring opportunities? Uh, absolutely, mm, absolutely, yeah. yeah, very cool. Absolutely. Well, uh, we've just um, we've just talked about you being a disruptive entrepreneur with uh, with uh, a lot of moxie and a lot of a lot of gumption, but you know that's uh, that you've been described as a, a disruptive entrepreneur, and and so you know, uh, is there anything that you can expand on behind, be, besides what you just talked about with regards to just go and do it to how to be a uh, uh, a disruptive entrepreneur. Can you describe your approach to entrepreneurship in that regard? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really about uh, recognizing. Uh, you, you just mentioned fintech and disrupting the banks. I mean, the entrepreneurs I think that are going to be successful in fintech are playing a long game. Mm-hmm. You got an oligopoly. You got, you know, in the Canadian context, five big banks. They all have, you know, huge distribution. Uh, they're all extremely well run companies as an all and they are an oligopoly and mm-hmm. so if you think you're going to come in and quickly make a big dent i think that's where you got to really take a step back and i don't think investors are going to believe you're going to do it either but if you're prepared to play the long game so i always say look if you're going in and disrupting a market that's dominated by an oligopoly you've got to be prepared to play the long game you've got to be thinking 10 years 20 years in the case of the wireless oligopoly which i disrupted in canada you had, you know, literally from 19, mid-1980s, the dawn of, you know, the member of the big brick phone with the, the side battery you had to have, uh, you know, uh, as the start of cellular yep. uh, back in the mid-80s. Of course, we remember those days. Actually, 
I don't know how much older you are than me, but I, I, I even remember those days. I do. Uh, or I think you might be younger than me, actually. Well, actually, you look, I'll t- no, actually, I'll tell you where we did just to put it in perspective. I'm 52, and yeah. I was uh, when the telephone company in Nova Scotia started. I was uh, put on the golden team to be the one that launched cellular technology in Nova Scotia at that point. So I know everything wow. you're talking about, man. <laughs> That's spectacular. And I man. was, I was the big man on campus with my brick too. <laughs> <laughs> those were ama- yeah, amazing 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 days I, I have one of those phones actually did you uh, I, yeah um so yeah so i you know from from the mid 1980s when that started started up uh you know to mid 90s to mid 2000s all the way you know to, to when wind started in 2000 so you're talking about a a 20 year period where you know the phone companies in canada the big phone companies bell telus in your case newtel mtnt alliant mm-hmm. now alliant um, you know, the Eastern, all those phone companies, Rogers, you know, ended up with an oligopoly in wireless. They consolidated the market and they ended up with an oligopoly in wireless and good for them you know, for taking advantage of the market opportunity that the, the microcell was known as Fido, mm-hmm. uh, acquired by Rogers, ClearNet acquired by Telus. I mean, they just consolidated the market, formed an oligopoly and, uh, and, and so, you know, you come up to 2008 and start up of wind. Uh, and if you look at our business plan, I was saying, like, look, it's, it, this, this oligopoly was 30 years in the making. It's going to take 10 to 20 years to change this market. And, and I think that was the, the, the key theme that got investors excited about it. That's what I try to relay to entrepreneurs. You mentioned fintech. That's what I'd be saying to entrepreneurs in fintech. You know what? Yep. No doubt that there's no doubt there's an opportunity to disrupt the Canadian banks with all the different fintech solutions and technologies that are coming out there. But you know what? That's not going to be a short game. That's going to be a long game. They're going to be lobbying against you. They're going to be finding every regulatory angle they can. Uh, They're going to be talking about how you're a new company, not reliable and how, Hey, we're the big bank, the most secure company to deal with. They're going to, they're going to react and bring their own technologies into the mix that, you know, are competitive. So, you know, they're not just going to sit still either. So you got to be ready for the long game. Can can is it fair to say that they'll be bullies? <laughs> you said it. I you said it. Yeah, I yeah. You, you've had the exit, man. I'm t- so yeah, I and I can believe it too. I'm sure there was a lot of uh, interesting uh, behind the scenes, uh, dark room type of conversations that you ran incredible. into. Incredible, but, incredible, incredible. Uh, and look, you know, in many markets around the world, a lot of these incumbents, whether it's in telecommunications, airlines banks, you know, in financial service, in any, you know, many countries, they're not really that well-run company in Canada. They're very well-run companies. I mean, these are really smart executives uh, across the board. I mean, and and so they know how to, you know, let's say they know how to actually play the game and really keep their, uh, their position entrenched and secure long-term. Very cool. Well, uh, I, I'm looking forward to the book when it comes out because uh, <laughs> it, it'll be a, a, a bestseller, I'm sure, just with those stories alone that we were, we were not talking about, but I think everybody understands what we're talking about. Oh, right, exactly. Yeah. So, Tony, let's uh, take a kind of a, a higher level view on your on your journey, your adventures, and can you share with our audiences too, you know, what have been the, some of the biggest lessons that you have learned that no one could have taught you. Yeah, that's a great one. You know, first thing is, I think you got to learn yourself that nobody owes you anything at all. No one knows who you are as a young entrepreneur. No one knows who you are. No one owes you anything. 
And you got to get your head around that. You know, I mean, a lot of these young entrepreneurs have, I, I don't know if it's partially a sense of entitlement, you know, that there's, you know, uh, should be an easier path. I mean, I got to just go out there. You, you got to start from a position of no one knows who I am. No one has anything at stake with me. How do I actually get myself uh, into the place where I know I'm starting from, from zero and, and not expect anything from anyone. So that's, I think is a very key lesson to really, to, to start. You've got to just start and you've got to start from a place recognizing where you are and take incremental steps to what your, your long-term goal is. Don't think anyone's going to give you a silver bullet or a short circuit, you know, to, to where you're trying to get to keep your eye on, on your goal recognize no one knows who you are today no one knows you no one owes you anything and you've got to earn your way into each meeting and sale and agreement and and customer you've got to earn your way into every an investor and and solution every step of the way you got to earn 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 your keep very cool what do you say to uh, what do you say to people who said, yeah, Tony, uh, I've got this great idea but I don't want to talk about it because someone will steal it <laughs> I don't, you know what? That's one where I'm just like, you know what? I don't, I don't yes. know. I can't help. I can't help you. I can't help you. I just, <laughs> yeah, true that, enough, eh? Yeah, I don't know what the rivers, I don't know what to do with, you know, anything like that. I just, uh, I guess I, I just, <laughs> yeah, you just laugh at I was at a conference in Halifax once and the lady from Arizona got up to speak and she said you know it was just a full of full of tech people and I'm I'm not tech although I love the environment and etc but she said to all these tech people she says I got to tell you something she said as much as you all think that you have started an idea that no one's thought of she says there's hundreds of people out there right now that are working on the same idea that you are and right on yeah it was a great a great opening line it did ever capture the attention right on yeah it was great so what about trans uh transitioning from full-time entrepreneur and, and look you still have you know businesses you've talked about that uh but uh, i'm sensing that you've pivoted uh to being more of a, a full-time uh investor with uh, with your new company yeah absolutely so look we've evolved global live now into the development of a, a venture capital platform um, for the past 10 plus years, actually, going all the way back into the mid 2000s. In fact, even earlier than that, going back to 2001, 2002, we've actually long been making early stage investments in technology and telecommunications companies and in a couple of cases, media companies. So we've been venture investors for a long time. Okay. We've been operating in, you know, really in the studio model, which, which I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah. You know, well, uh, let's, let's talk about yeah. it now. What's yeah, What is okay, that all cool. about? Yeah, yeah. 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 So what we see, it's now kind of in reverse. It's now kind of in vogue and down in the Valley. Everyone's talking about, you know, the studio model. What, what, what this really is, is saying like, look, you, you once you start up a company and you have an operation that's that's a going concern, and you want to start up something new, the uh, the studio model is really using the infrastructure you already have. Use whether it's you know uh, technology resources, developers, uh, finance, uh, HR, uh, using resources you already have, uh, and bringing in new energy. Uh, so a new partner. Uh, as an entrepreneur, as uh, as well as 
capital uh, from third parties and putting that all together. And that's a really interesting place to start mm. a new company. Really interesting because you're not, you know, it's not like inside a huge company starting a new division and, you know, it, it sort of gets lost in the consolidated P&L. No one really knows about it. This is really bringing in a new entrepreneur and partnering with an entrepreneur is really what we've been doing for the past. Uh, obviously, we've been starting up you know, companies are myself and, and, and building our, ourselves as well as we've discussed already, but we've also developed a number of partnerships in this, in this studio model. And so we've got companies today, like, like a, like pragmatic conferencing is a great example where you know, we're partners with that CEO. We back that CEO and, um, and we used all the infrastructure at global Live from an operating perspective, finance, HR, uh, you know, for recruitment, for, for, uh, financing, for, underlying network infrastructure you know, used a lot of it to get that company off the ground way faster than if they had really just tried to do it on their own. So the partner, the entrepreneur saw the value. We see the opportunity to partner with a great entrepreneur and get them focused on business development as opposed to having to worry about, you know, HR process and policies and so on in a startup. Yeah. Uh, so it's a great model. We've been doing that for a long time. And now what we're going to do is evolve that into a venture capital platform that broadly brings in third-party capital so that we can really solidify our leadership position in the Canadian uh, ecosystem. And we're thinking of, we're thinking wide. I mean, we're not talking about making just investments in Canada. We're talking about making investments all over the world with the goal of getting people to locate uh, and build company, their company in Canada. So we're trying to find a, as instead of, you know, instead of losing companies to the Valley, I'm trying to bring companies from the Valley to Canada. Very cool. And uh, yeah, that's the theme of our, that's the theme of our uh, investment platform. And, you know, it's early days, but uh, some early great success underway. And, and so just for clarification, you, you know, you, the, it's, it's, uh, I'll call it the growing up stage of the studio model where you start to get into the Vencap uh, aspects of it. Is, is that a fair way to talk about it? It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, and we're still operators, but you know, you asked me like, are you evolving to full time to, to, to be in the venture capital platform? And yeah, like, I mean, our venture capital platform, we are operators, uh, myself and my business partners, uh, Bryce Seschuk and Simon Lockie and David Roth. I mean, the, my, my big partners We're we're operators, uh, as a starting point. And I think that gives us a real advantage when we talk to entrepreneurs, you know, say, look, like we're, We've actually started, built, and exited a number of companies. Look, we, we, we get how this goes. Where some venture capital, uh, look, they're professional investors, and they certainly know what they're doing, uh, and many are very, very successful. But I think having that operating uh, background, I think, gives us an edge. So uh, I, I know our audience is going to uh, want me to ask this question uh, be, just because of the, the uniqueness of what you just presented there. So how does someone begin the journey with Global Live? Well, we just did one this year, actually, like the last 18 months was the last one we did. We do, we'll incubate two companies maximum at a time. Mm -hmm. uh, and we, we really get involved. So I was in, heavily involved. We started a company that was focused on virtual reality, augmented reality technology, uh, and really building technology for uh, virtual reality solutions. Uh, and so what that really meant was we we're focused on what's known as computer visioning technology. Mm. And this is image recognition, you know, this really <laughs> new area of really trying to get a, 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 a you know, get a lot out of a, a smartphone or tablet or uh, camera and really be able to process images and, and really create computer vision. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, it's cool stuff, really, yeah. really cool stuff. Yeah. So we, we got, we, you know, we literally the development team we brought in, we put everything around it. So we focused on getting the right world leading experts in computer vision 
tech. Uh, we brought up someone from Louisiana State University. We had someone from the Valley as the CTO, you know, really focused on the tech. And that allowed, and then all I did, all, I wrapped around that globalized from a, a, a actual operation startup perspective so that that team that, you know, could really, and the entrepreneur leading it could really focus on the development of the tech. Now, unfortunately, that one, I say unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, unfortunately, that one had a quick exit. We actually just sold it last week to an LA-based uh, virtual reality, augmented reality Well, that's company. part of the strategy too, right? <laughs> that is. That is. I just, you know, 18 months is a little bit too short. <laughs> uh, yeah, particularly we after we talked about, you got to have a long right, vision. Long game, long game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so much well, for the long game. Yeah. So you know, that's that's how we do it. And so look, we also do make passive venture investments, and we have done that. We have a portfolio of about thirty-five. Okay. Uh, you know, venture investments where we're just passive minority. You know, uh, Series C, Series A, a couple of Series B. Like we're just following on, and you know, we're back in entrepreneurs, but in a much more passive way. The right. stuff I love. Is yeah. that studio model stuff where we could start up a company? And that's how we started Wind, by the way. I started Wind. Yeah. I started Wind. Wind was started as Global Live Wireless in 2007. And then in 2009, when I secured the first $700 million investment in the project, is when it spun out and became its own company. Uh, so, that's great. Yeah. 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 So that company spent 18 months inside, maybe almost two years inside Global Live where I was just, you know, incubating, incubating, building business planning, talking to the market, talking to vendors, talking to technology experts, what's the roadmap going to look like? Where are the handsets going to be? And think back in 2008 to where we are today, you know, in 2008, I mean, the handsets, you were, you, there wasn't a selfie yet. There was no selfie. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. There sure wasn't. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Well, and it's uh, and what I love about the model is the ability to focus on, on what's important and not get dragged down with the, uh, the admin side of, uh, of uh, getting a business moving so so congratulations i love that studio model uh, i've never heard of it before but i i sure buy into the the whole process with it um let's uh let's pivot again to uh, talking about uh the the youth and and new entrepreneurs and you know um uh, it's a, it's it's definitely a uh, a changing world in our in our uh, country now where you know the word entrepreneur is really cool to even be talking about it and startups and so on and 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 you know you're seeing things changing in the school system and so on and that the youth are really tying into this sense of taking their own destiny in their own hands through this journey of entrepreneurships and so you know tell us about your passion for that for that area for that niche yeah, I'm really passionate about this, Rivers, you know, because I think when I think about when I started, I uh, started up as I, I, I called myself a tyke, a punk, whatever you wanted to call <laughs> yeah, me when yeah. I started up. Yeah. I didn't know anybody and I didn't know anything. But, you know, I was, you know, freshly minted engineering degree and I thought I knew something. I, I, I didn't know anything. Right. <laughs> so right. I, uh, you know, I didn't and I didn't have there was no such thing as an accelerator or an incubator uh, to go to. That, that just wasn't there wasn't nothing like that. Yeah. So. You go what to your I'm, accountant, right? That's that who knows. Right. That's who knows how to how to start and grow a business. Is your right. accountant, right? Or your I lawyer? Remember, <laughs> I, I literally, I mean, literally, Rivers. How I started up Global Eye was I spent a year applying for a Royal Bank small business loan, and <laughs> and I didn't know anything about anything. And I honestly, the only reason I found out about that is because I happened to be inside a Royal Bank, you know, 
trying to pay and make a student loan payment and I had this versus pamphlet there. Hey, Royal Bank small business loan. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I got to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, but it took me forever to do it. I mean, I didn't have anyone in mentors. I didn't have anyone helping me do it. You know, I think that uh, the opportunity with incubators and accelerators is fantastic. And so I have, since it sort of started to emerge in the late 2000s, uh, I was very early to jump on the bandwagon. I support literally all of them uh, in the Toronto ecosystem, Mars 111, Creative Destruction Lab, uh, Next 36, um, you know, Founder Institute. I mean, we support them all because I am very passionate about the critical role that that part of the ecosystem plays in driving innovation and, you know, critical innovation in our country. Uh, so... I'm a big believer in it. We mentor companies, you know, we make seed investments in all kinds of, you know, all kinds of uh, er, very, very early stage. Uh, I'll also just call it angel investing practically because mm, it's yeah. one of those things where, you know, yeah. it's uh, you got a plan it, to lose a, it, right? Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a zero on the way in. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, yeah, so we're, we're, we're very active and I think, I think what that actually now, looking now from 2016, you know, I actually think over the last you know, six, seven, eight years, that ecosystem has really matured in Canada. And now Canada really has, across this country, we have great incubator and accelerator programs, great places for young entrepreneurs to go and really get a whole lot of support put around them to, to, to drive some early success in their careers. And I, I think it's fantastic. What's missing you know, is now into series A and series B investing. And that's where Canada loses. We lose so many of our great entrepreneurs to, uh, to the U S or to abroad when, when it comes around now to writing a, a 10 or a $20 million investment in a company, Canadian VCs, we just don't have the depth in the capital market here to make those moves. And what ends up happening is a company gets an investment, great, you know, a Canadian entrepreneur gets an investment, from a Valley-based VC, and you know maybe they don't control the company, but you know they they encourage. Let's say this: they encourage the company to open up a Silicon Valley headquarters, mm -hmm. and then you know what happens? If that company is successful, suddenly two, three, four, five hundred jobs is created in Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. We need to keep that entrepreneur in Canada, and there's the same quality, not better quality, engineers, developers, marketing, sales experts. I mean. Everyone can be, and you can build that from the labor pool here in the KW Toronto corridor, wherever, if it's a technology company, there's lots of resources available. How do we, how do we actually get that entrepreneur to stay here and create the two, three, 400 jobs in Canada? That's what my venture fund is focused on doing uh, as a first step, you know, to really make a difference. Yeah, very cool. And uh, you're right. It's uh, it really is the, the the exit or the departure that seems to be a, a constant threat to uh, the innovative growth of our of our society. Although I got to tell you, I I was talking to a gentleman uh, a week and a half ago, and he's found a niche actually, which is a reverse order of what you just suggested. Uh, he's found uh, I'll call them for lack of better words, uh, research technology, whatever that has only gotten to to a certain point in the value. They cannot. Uh, they cannot get any more funding because of all the competition that's there. So he's saying, "Geez, why don't we bring that technology that's U.S. based to Canada, which needs us, you know, ten million, twenty million dollars, and help them along their way where they've already been. Uh, they've already started." So I love yeah. it. 
Yeah, isn't it great? I love it. I love it. I mean, yeah. that's and that truthfully, I mean, that's part two of our investment thesis is, look, how do we, as I said, I think I said earlier in the conversation, how do we find companies, U.S., abroad, how do we find early stage companies yeah. and how do we find that entrepreneur and get them to locate their operation here in, in Canada and build their company here? I mean, it's a great opportunity. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's 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 wonderful to to see the society's where it is right now. I'm a firm believer that entrepreneurs are going to save the world, and it's doing things like this that are going to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, I got to ask you about Startup Canada because look, you're a busy man. Uh, you know, last year uh, I I had the great opportunity to see you speak at Canada Day on the Hill, Startup Canada Day on the Hill, and and you were really in the midst of uh, your journey at that point. You obviously yep. take the time. Uh, Today is another great example of that, and thank you so much for that. Um, I, uh, I I wanted you to t- share with us as to why you think Startup Canada is so special, and why uh, our, our audience and the the country in itself should really rally behind the movement that uh, hit these two young entrepreneurs started six years ago. Well, you actually said it right there. I mean, this is really a movement. This is a grassroots rallying network, you know, that I think is such a critical component. It's not like, you know, if you have an incubator in downtown Toronto, it's one thing. This is across Canada. This is really bringing entrepreneurs across the, the nation together, giving them a place to go, giving them a platform I think Startup Canada is very unique in that sense. I don't know anything. I don't know anyone else that's doing anything close to that. So I'm uh, look. I think it's a it's a fantastic program. I hope that it continues to grow and and, and flourish. And uh, as I've said to the, the the founders, I mean, if there's a way for me to be more helpful, let me know. I don't mm. I don't want anything in return other than to see this mm. kind of platform really uh, prosper in Canada. Yeah, love it, love it, man, love it. Um, Final words. We've uh, we're coming to the end of this great conversation, and uh, I'm going to give the final words to you uh, to to kind of close it all out. And it's just been a great conversation. But over to you, my friend. Thanks. Yeah. Look, I'm. Uh, I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about a bit about my journey. Uh, you know, I'm. I, I crossed that 40 year old threshold, man. So I don't mm. know if mm. I'm up for a full another run like I did with wind. I'm. I'm sort of in that little bit of that soul searching phase. Yeah. Where I'm yeah. Like to, uh, or you know what though? Even in this conversation, when we started talking about banks and fintech and disrupting the banks, I got to tell you, I got the itch right yeah. there. I'm yeah. like, you know what? Let's go. Let's go shake that tree, man. Hard. Yeah. Shake those guys up. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know that I'll ever change. I'm. Uh, I'm you uh, won't. <laughs> that's right. I, I mean, I always say you drank the Kool Aid, right? And it's in. It's in your blood. It's in your DNA. And you. You. You may be semi-retired, but that can be anywhere from one hour a year to to forty hours a day. So uh, <laughs> that's really where you're at. I love it. Cool stuff. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Tony Lacavera. He's the founder of Win Mobile. We've been talking on the state of entrepreneurship, uh, the ecosystem, and the investment opportunities. And uh, in addition, talking about the awesome things he's doing with Global Live. Uh, Tony, uh, just a real pleasure. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you, Rivers. Was it was really a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today on the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly program dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every Canadian. 
Want access to even more amazing entrepreneur content? Well, then make sure you check out startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like the popular online training events, startup chats, and startup school. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash events for more details. And my name is Rivers Corbett. I'm your host. As always, I invite you to follow me on Twitter at Rivers Corbett. I do the same thing with conveying all kinds of cool ideas and uh, conversations with entrepreneurs around the planet to help you guys have super success. And also, I'm pleased to introduce my newest business venture, Coaching by Rockstars. That's www.coachingbyrockstars.com, where I am building an amazing team of business coaches to help entrepreneurs around the planet. If you've got an interest in that, come and check us out. Until next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you now with a sneak peek of next week's episode. In your opinion, though, what is Vancouver uh, or BC doing right that you're not seeing in other parts of the world, let alone the rest of Canada, and that we can learn from? Yeah, I mean, I think that we, uh, you know, we are very lucky in BC to have a number of very, very good universities. And uh, I think that's absolutely critical. Um, we've got... Uh, Simon Fraser, we've got UBC, we've got Emily Carr, which is a, a very, very good design university, one of the best in the world, in fact. Um, and mm -hmm. I, I'm a big believer in um, investing in education, whether it's technical education. But even, you know, I think, I think liberal arts is actually something that is going to become an important mix in uh, the skill sets that, uh, you know, tomorrow's technology sector is going to require. Uh, you think about what it, you know, what's involved in building a, a successful company these days, and it's as much art as it is science. It's communication, right. it's writing, it's kind of telling a story, it's understanding metaphor, it's it's design, it's aesthetics. So I think you know, education and training is absolutely critical. Um, I think of late, the uh, the provincial government has kind of seen the light, and that's largely a result of the collapse in re the resource sector, and so mm -hmm. they've said. We're now a big, you know, tech hub, and uh, I guess better late than never. Um, but they've, I think, recognized that um, it's, you know, very, very risky. And I think Canada as a whole has, uh, on a provincial and BC and federal level, has put way too many eggs in the resource basket. Um, and it's nice to see that that is now being diversified, and people are moving out of that and saying, you know what, that's not how this country is going to survive and prosper in the 21st century we need to you know we need to be thinking the way that um there are the sort of the founding people of this country thought in terms of building railroads you know if you think about uh the railway was effectively the first social network in canada mm -hmm. and it really defined very cool it defined the country defined where the major cities were and uh the lay of the land and and, and everything and uh, we've kind of forgotten that. And uh, I think we've forgotten that, um, you know, we could build grand things and, and that is really the essence of a country.